Hi, and welcome back to this new edition of YCT Matters. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, president of Yankee Institute, and we have a treat for you today. I am joined by Carol Ann Marquis, the executive director of the CEO Foundation, which stands for the Children's Educational Opportunity Foundation of Connecticut. And they do such wonderful work. There is not really that many opportunities for us to have on people who lead other nonprofits that I really love, like I love the CEO Foundation. But it is such a special group with a special mission. And Carol Ann, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. And so talk to us a little bit about the CEO Foundation and what you all do. The CEO Foundation has been around for 26 years, and um, amazingly so. They have um, given over $22 million in scholarships to Connecticut children, grades K through 8. Over 10,000 of them have been served. We are currently in five cities in Connecticut. In other words, parents must reside in those cities, and they are Bridgeport, New Haven, East Hartford, Hartford, and as of last year, Waterbury. Um, We would like to be throughout Connecticut. Little by little, we're chipping at that. But we're in those cities because the founder, Dr. Lewis Andrews, um, felt that that was really where we needed to start. That was where young people in inner city schools needed the help the most. And so um, 26 years ago, got going with 100 scholarships at $1,000 each. And so tell us a little bit about these um, little souls that you you uh, you help so much. I hope you have about a year, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> so they tend to be, the, the, the people that the CEO Foundation serves, they tend to be from disadvantaged families? Low-income families. Uh-huh. But the, the really, the beauty of this entire thing is the fact that these are parents that, you know, they may not have had the opportunity themselves mm-hmm. to either finish their education or even receive a good education, but they know what their children need and they're committed to it, and they work so hard to make sure it happens. We fund half tuition up to a maximum of $2,100 a year. The parents are responsible for the balance. Yes, sometimes they get additional help. Sometimes they don't. But they know that they have skin in the game because if they don't keep up their end of it, um, they lose our scholarship. And uh, the response is remarkable. These children from K through 8, we accept new students each year between the grades of K through 5. And if they continue to qualify, which they have to reapply each year, we fund them through the 8th grade. Uh, it's amazing. Um, they, the parents, when they're accepted for a scholarship at CEO, may choose any private accredited school, K-8, through in Connecticut. So we actually have had um, children go three, four cities away that can get there. Um, it's just amazing how resourceful these parents are, but the kids are doing so well. Oh, I'm, I, I bet it is just a wonderful thing to watch how a different school environment that serves a child can just have a transformational difference in a little person's life. Absolutely. I don't think we really understand until we we see the children and meet the parents and realize that they're dealing with not only economic situations. Every child we serve is high needs. And just not economics, though, language, 
lack of education in the home, um, sometimes being transplanted into a city or even a country um, not their own, and um, they want to learn. And the parents, um, it's amazing to see. I've been at school at the end of the day, and, and all of a sudden I look up and the principal will say to me, well, there's a whole bunch of your parents. And I said, really? They're here? And he said, they're here every day. They come, they talk to the teacher, they show up for parent-teacher meetings, they volunteer. They're a part of this, and that's exactly what we want, and I think that's why we succeed. So, Carol Ann, is there a story of a particular parent that comes to mind that you remember working with that just that you remember as a sort of uh, exemplar of the type of parent that is just committed to fighting for that education? Oh, many of them, actually. Um, I believe that my job as executive director is as much about the parents as it is about the children. Sure. And a couple of years ago, actually um, five now, um, a mom called me up and she said, my family has just gone through a devastating experience. I'm alone. My son is needing to start school. Is there any way you can help me? So we went through the the usual, uh, where do you live, all this sort of thing. And she said, you know, look, if you can help me get my son into school so I know that he is going to learn, he's going to be safe, I'm going to make you a promise. And I said, what's that promise? And she said, I will find a way to get educated as well. And I thought, I can't turn this one down. Well, two years ago now at Christmas, I got a letter on Christmas Eve, an email from her. First, it was a picture of her son with his um, high honor roll certificate in front of him for the fifth grade. Then I got a picture of mom having graduated as an LPN. She went each year so many courses until she qualified. I, we helped her find some government assistant, and she had just graduated. And she said, here's my Christmas present to you. I sent it out to my board immediately, and everybody within minutes responded and said, there couldn't be a better Christmas present. No, there couldn't. That just... Th- that makes me want to cry. Yeah, um, and and it's not. And this this year, we had a mom who, a very similar situation, suddenly found herself alone with her little daughter, and she felt the only thing that she could do to really stabilize that little girl who was traumatized um, was to get her in a good, supportive school. She had chosen a Christian school in in the Bridgeport area, mm-hmm. and um, she came in at the last minute. I mean, we were out of money for a couple of months, and lo and behold, the day I went and met with her, we had a parent have to pull out. And she said the same thing, if you can help me through this, I promise you, I will be back on my feet. I will make it. That was three years ago. This year, I called the school and said, she hasn't reapplied. What's going on? Her daughter's doing well. I saw her grades. And they said, she's going to be calling you right away. Just sit tight. I said, okay. I, I was concerned something had gone wrong again. Right. Mom called me that afternoon, and she said, I wanted to be one to tell you. She said, it took me two years, but I got my real estate license, and I've made enough money. I will pay my daughter's tuition. Oh, my goodness. Now, isn't that a wonderful story of the American dream at work? Absolutely. And, and you know, we have parents that the simplest thing we can do to help them is show them how to budget. Right. Or a parent that is making their way up, we can sit down and say, you know, you're getting close to where you may not qualify any longer. 
Um, let me help you to show you how you can start to plan for that now. But some parents, it's just as simple as sitting down and showing them how to make it work. So, Caroline, let me just interrupt right now. What is the website? www.ceoct.org. And um, on there, you'll see all the children on that site are our kids. You'll see parents, you'll see our annual reports, and you'll see a study that we did a few years ago. Some of the reporting for the state schools has changed, so we haven't been able to do that in the last couple of years, to where we took the zip code of where every child that we're funding would go to school. And then we looked at the grade results for the children in those public schools as well as our kids. They were all performing their former performance when they came to us three to one. Yes. I mean, this is a cause so near and dear to my heart personally, and that's, this is why Yankee Institute does what it does. Uh, we are so committed to seeing parents be able to have this choice without having to go through what they have to go through. You know, being having to be afraid, being worried, thank God for organizations like yours, and yet it's sad we have to have them. You know, every child should be able to be assured of having an educational opportunity that meets his or her needs and where he or she, you know, the idea that some little child has to come and get special help to get to a place where he or she is going to feel safe. That just breaks my heart. It just shouldn't be that way for anyone. But thank God organizations like yours are out there to help those who need this kind of special help. You know, we're a part of um, a much greater fellowship in this state, education across the board. There are good people everywhere. There and are. There are good people doing the job of ed educating our children. Yes. However, um, we fit a, a niche. Yes. We have needs that are in families that are specific to them. They're having a difficult time making their way through a system that's bigger than they can handle without special help. And yet we, I mean, I had one school up in Hartford that um, opened up to our program, and they, they got lucky. They got 23 kids the first year. And the principal called me at the end of the year, and he said, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what am I not going to believe, you know? And he said, every one of the kids that came in with your scholarship were pretty much a year behind where they should be for grade level when they entered. He said, I just got all the test results at the end of the year. He said, the very least of the group are equal to their current uh, grade level, but the rest of them are well ahead. How wonderful. One year. One year. It was just that they had the time, they had the ability to reach the, you know, the particular needs of that family. They worked with the kids, and they just, they were shining. Yes. Yes. It's wonderful. You know, um, so Carolyn, how did you come to, uh, come to, to CEO Foundation? Um, I have a long career as a college um, administrator, uh -huh. and um, one of the things that really concerned me in a role of overseeing um, a good portion of the college, I was COO and executive vice president uh, for 14 years and then stepped into the presidency um, while we all made up our minds, and I was watching that each year as we recruited college students, we had to go further back. Uh, to find out what was happening because we would have kids that on paper looked really good to come into college and they were gone in a semester. And we couldn't figure out what was failing where, but why these kids 
just weren't equipped. And as we looked back and I worked with the staff that um, managed the recruitment of students, we finally got all the way back to the elementary school level and realized that some of these kids were starting to fall off at that level. So I was very curious. I started reading, started studying. And when I heard about CEO in Connecticut, I was really interested. It was a big step. We moved, you know, several states away. But um, I loved what they were doing. And what they said to me was, okay, it's the time. We're going to turn the corner. We need a full-time educator. We need somebody to come in. And I did. That was close to eight years ago. Wow. And it um, it was wonderful. Sure. I mean, I had no idea. Um, this was supposed, you know, this was going to be stepped down from a 24-hour job, you know, day job. But um, it, it, it is that. It turned into, it, <laughs> I was yeah, going to now, say. Now it just, it's 48 hours. Yes, right. But, um, you know, every time that we, we saw another challenge, this great group of board members that are behind us and, and the founder would get behind and say, okay, how are we going to do it? Sure. W- what else can we do? And the first thing that I saw, Carol, that was really interesting to me, and it may play back to my background, was retention. And I thought, you know, these wonderful parents are coming. Why are they pulling their kids out in a couple of years? And I started studying a little bit more and realized that Johnny might have been in the program for four years, but now little sister Mary was coming along, and mom felt they had to pull Johnny to put Mary in. That was one scenario. But there there was just no real emphasis on, we're not going to do this just for a couple of years, but if you come in and you leave at grade eight, you've got a fundamentally sound education that's going to carry you where you need to go. So we started working on that, and we started partnering with our schools, and we started partnering with parents. And at that point in time, we were at 42.3% retention year to year. We, um, just a year ago, were at 93%. Oh, that is wonderful. And so the understanding is that, that the goal is to give children those sound building blocks of learning. Absolutely. And then figuring they're equipped not only with the information, but with sort of the study skills that will help them carry themselves through high school and hopefully beyond. Absolutely. The foundational education that children need, and it it escapes them. And that's what I learned as I was studying all of this. It was escaping these children at such a young age. They didn't know it. But in a structured environment that understands where they're coming from, they open up to learning it in an amazing way. A couple of years ago, we had 43 eighth grade graduates. And this was just as COVID was coming in. And, and so, you know, I try to follow them very closely. Mm-hmm. Forty-two of them got scholarships to private high schools. The oh. 43rd was in a homeschool situation, which was college prep. Wow. And, and, you know, this year we started a new fellowship for eighth graders in honor of our founder, Dr. Andrews. And um, we started with 44 kids. And we went to the principals over the summer and said, okay, you have these group of children, get back to us and and rank them in these areas. Principals did, and then we picked out, we were going to give one award, and we picked out 11 of that crowd and and then went to to the eighth graders and said, you've been nominated. We would like you to write an essay as to why this is important to you, what you're looking to do with your life, what your educational goals are. 
Tell us about you. We didn't want to give them too much information. Mm-hmm. We wanted sure. to see. Leave a little scope open to see how they would take the assignment. What and run they with were it. thinking. Yeah. And interestingly, every one of them came back, not talking about high school, but college. How wonderful. And so, and in the, we, we wound up funding seven kids thanks to our board, and I. And we all chipped in our own funds to get these fellowships to the kids. The top two winners, um, one was, um, you know, the first place winner got a significant second scholarship for the year. He went from 2100 to 4200 for the year. The second one got $750. They came and addressed our board meeting. And one has his entire future planned out for medical school. The other, law school. And one of our board members said, well, I'm going to vote for that kid even though he wants to be a lawyer. (laughs) But then they told you why. And of the top kids, the the seven that we funded, every one of them, in their essay, the centerpiece was helping others. I got helped. I'm going to help someone. In fact, um, one little gal said, I hope to go back to my after eighth grade, I want to go back to the school to make sure the kids understand what they're getting and take advantage of it. So we're starting to see that mentorship, that growth, but they're there's you know they're looking to the future and not limited. So um, we're pretty proud of that group. Oh, I can only imagine. And you know that that growth mindset and that desire to sort of pay it forward and to spread the goodness that they've seen is such a beautiful result of what you're doing. And it's not just, I mean, it's, it's a partnership. Yes. As I said, you know, and one of the things that we've developed as well is when a parent chooses a school, and they indeed do choose a school, um, we work with that school, we work with that principal, and make sure that, you know, we're monitoring that family. Mm-hmm. They're telling us um, about other families that might need our help. And, and we're at the end of the year, we're all celebrating that student's success. Yes. And it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I had a mom call me one afternoon, and, and, you know, she said, Hi, it's Jose's mom. And, well, I don't, we might have like 17 Jose's. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but I said, yes, and I recognized the voice. Mm-hmm. And, and Jose was really struggling when he came into the program. And um, she said, He's in the finals for the science fair. Would you come? And I went, and there was Jose in his white shirt and his gold star on his co- on his collar, beaming from ear to ear. And he won the science fair that day for his grade level. Um, it, just the turnaround from mom being told, you know, Jose's kind of hopeless. Yes. And um, you know, he can come to school or not, but he's really a problem at school. To seeing him stand there and beam um, as he won the science fair was amazing. Yes. It is a beautiful thing to see a life changed and transformed, isn't it? It certainly is. And if, if I may, Carol, I'll tell you of a real transformation that's happened just in the last two years. Please. I, I'd love it. I got a call from a mom during COVID, and it was well into the year. And she said, I don't qualify for your scholarship, but I I need help so badly, I'll do anything. And I said, just tell me about what's going on. She said, my daughter should be going into fifth grade next year. Um, She's never been tested, uh, even though we've asked every year, but it's been a funding issue. She, She can't read, she can't write, and she can't do basic math. 
And I went, oh, no. So I had them, you know, give me all the information they could give. And I knew right away, um, yes, they didn't qualify, but we were going to find a way to have her qualified regardless. It didn't matter. We reached out to a special little school and up in Windsor where um, the pastor and principal of the school is just a wonderful person. His wife is an extremely qualified educator. And I called him up and I said, Ray, we've got to do something about this. Can you help me? And I introduced the, the family and the whole situation. And he said, you're right, we're going to do something about this. During the summer before school started, they had this little girl and her sister, her younger sister, come in every day. And they started working with her and they started diagnosing what was going on. She entered school. She couldn't come into the fifth grade right away. She didn't qualify. But that pastor principal every day took at least an hour to tutor her in math. And his wife, the head teacher, took an extra hour on the other end and tutored them with reading and writing and such. And a year went by, and I got the call at the end of the year saying, she's going into fifth grade. <laughs> this year, um, I, was, I had a speaking engagement to run Christmas time, and I was, uh, it was a group of educators. And I looked up, and I saw the family come in, the two girls and mom and dad. And I knew instantly who they were. I mean, I'd worked very closely with them, and they sat down. And as I got up to speak, the daughter who couldn't read, write, or do basic math walked up, and the family had created this beautiful, beautiful wood plaque. They had done all of the work on it and finished it. It said, with God, all things are possible. And they handed it to me, and the girl took the microphone, and she said, to the educators a year ago, I didn't know one letter. I'm going to read the sign to you. And then her principal stood up and said, why don't you tell them what you did last week? And she said, and she looked at him like, well, you know, you know, <laughs> come on. And, and she said, I read the first four pages of my science paper to my class. And the effect on that group was, wow. Right. And, um, you know, we're so proud of her. Yes. But I'm so proud of that school. Yes. And the love and the caring and the identification of the problem. Yes. And we reached out to medical sources during that summer just to make sure everything was on track. She's going gangbusters. And the principal called me just the other day, and he said, you're not going to know what – he says, you won't believe what she did this time. I said, now what? And she mm -hmm. said, he said, well, her best friend is the brightest girl in the class. Mm -hmm. And she didn't do very well on a particular test paper. And she, our little student had never seen that before, and they were great friends. So she got up and she went over to her and put her arm around her shoulder and said, are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know, you always get 100s, mm -hmm. and you only got an 82. Mm -hmm. And she said, I I'm okay. I just didn't get this one. And, and she says, well, don't worry. I got an 87. I'll help you. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that terrific? It is just wonderful. Yeah. And, you know... It what is so beautiful is to see the potential in all these little lives and to see all of it being brought out and allowed to shine. Absolutely. And what they make of their lives is up to them. But to have these obstacles cleared away and cleared away for these parents who love their children and want the best for them. And what you are doing, Carol Ann, is a gift. 
and what your board is doing and what Lou Andrews has done. Um, yes, it is a gift, and it is a gift to these students. It's a gift to Connecticut, and you're spending some time with us, and taking the time to share it with us is a gift to us, and we are very, very grateful. And again, the website is www.ceoct.org. And Carol, if I may, this year I released our application for next year on March 1st, as I always do, at 12.01 a.m. At 12.15, I had 60 applications in. At 6 in the morning, I had over 250. And in 10 days, we had over 550 for 368 scholarships. That was in 10 days. Two years ago, those numbers came in in six months. Wow. So we know these little people need our help. And it's, uh, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I finally had to just turn my phone off at 2 a.m. because once the parents submitted their applications electronically, they called to see if I got it. <laughs> you know, and I'm going like, it's 1 in the morning. Right, <laughs> right, know? right, right. But you can't help. You have to answer because right. their heart's in it. So Of you course, know. of course. It reminds me of the stories of, of these parents, you know, who are thrown into these lotteries in places like Washington, D.C., and how they, they sleep in the halls just to try and get a chance for their children to have the education that will give them a better life. And so until the day that that happens, um, and even after, you know, Carol Ann, I know that I speak for so many people who've listened to this podcast, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for doing God's work here on earth. Thank you. And CEO is a family. I, I, I know it is. And we our arms are open to anybody that would like to join our family. So... And, and so that is www.ceoct.org. CEOCT.org. CEOCT.org. Okay, now I've got it too. And Carol Ann, thank you for having joined us today on this edition of Why CT Matters. And Carol, thank you for what you do and what Yankee does to help us in so many ways. Well, we're happy to do it and very grateful that people like you are doing what you do. So, Carol Ann Marquis, Executive Director of the Children's Educational Opportunity Fund. We'll see you again on this next edition of YCT Matters. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow, President of Yankee Institute. Thank you for joining us. I'll show you around this place I call home.